You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Welcome to episode 123 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And I'm living proof that you don't actually have to have been a child star to grow up to be a shambling wreck of a human being as an adult. Aw. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> let's and I hear it. This from is 124. 124? Yeah, yeah, this is 124. Oh, okay, there you go. Well, let's hear it for all from all the shambling wrecks out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a shambling mound. You're a mound. <laughs> <Shambling> <laughs> Oh, nice. You know, and I'm shambling around. What makes me feel better is going to see the Musings of a Geek Podcast Network on the Musings of a Geek Podcast Network webpage. I thought you were going to say concert or <laughs> you, something. You threw webpage in there just to save your ass at the very <laughs> end. Yes, because I said see rather than <laughs> hear. <laughs> like, like, strangely, Josh watches his podcasts. You saw through my clever ruse, sir. <laughs> You almost had it. You would have gotten away with it, too. <laughs> At the Musings of a Geek Podcast Network webpage, you will find such great geek-themed shows as Graphic Novice, The Pittsburgh Nerd Pod, The War Pod, Salty Language, and Dark Angels and Pretty Feet Freaks. <laughs> Man, I messed that one up. I'm so glad it's not me. <laughs> She, they might have pretty feet. You never know. You, you oh. do know how many times their show has been called Dark Angels and Pretty Feet? <laughs> Twice. <laughs> a lot. And All the time. Enough to get a really weird starting fan base. Right. <laughs> like There's a lot of crossover between people that like that and people that like Tarantino movies. Oh, I like uh. mm. And if you're um, watching your sound like Josh does... You can also find us on Geek Life Radio, Saturdays at noon, after the stick twiddlers, but before the turnbuckle throwbacks. Fire That's stick twiddlers. Ridiculous. That's a radio station, not a web page. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we didn't say anything about our left field sports lounge, did we? No. No, they're still not around. Yeah, they're still not around. If you'd like to tell us where you look at your podcasts, you can send us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com. Or you can send us a tweet at 40go14 or reach us on Facebook. I think we we have an Instagram or something, too. We have an Instagram? Like a Tumblr? What? Yeah, we have. We, oh, yeah. Well, I thought we... Yeah, we have we an have Instagram. Yeah. Yep. I don't think we use them. And we check them daily. Yeah. We've got a grinder, even. <laughs> That's just Pat. Yeah, I was kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. Double if you'd like to find Pat, Saturdays <laughs> at midnight. <laughs> Go to your local park. And, and you'll, find, you'll find a representative. <laughs> okay, under protest, uh, I'm going to play the uh, voicemails that uh, arrived as we were starting to record last week that I oh. promised because Ooh. these guys are making me. Yes. Did you screen them? Yes. <laughs> like uh -oh. prefaces it. 
Hello, this is Suzanne leaving you a voicemail because Michael sent me a text saying to leave you guys a voicemail. Bye. Thanks, Suzanne. Making me proud. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the ever talked about Susie yep. of the Mike and Susie half. Yeah. The, the better half. What, what's, what's actually more like the better three quarters? I would say. Not not because she's fat or anything, just because Mike is... Go ahead, keep digging, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stop right there and just... <laughs> just, and just move on to the next one. Fix, fix that post, Mike. Yeah, no. Shambling mound is grinding to a halt. <laughs> Hi, guys. It's Sarah, Josh's wife. <laughs> Hi to you, too. Um, just wanted to let you know. Um, been listening. You guys are awesome. Love all of you. And, honey, don't forget to unload the dishwasher. <laughs> Bye. She sounded kind of disappointed at first, and then I don't hide. Josh's wife, right? Like, <laughs> like anybody can say that proudly. Oh, yeah. oh. shambling mound has room to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I have the part. to say it badly. About I will not be ignored. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is, is there more? No, that was. A, uh, well, those, were, those were our voicemails. That's thank fantastic, you for the support, ladies. Yes, thank you for that. In my case, the support is <clears throat> literal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I speak for all of us when we can say we love both of you too. Yes, agreed. Hey, wait. Not in that way. Oh. No, in an agape Let's way. Let's escape. It's about that time. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> this week in music, movies, and TV. And sports. <laughs> Joel chose to end in song. <laughs> well, I noticed he started changing it up. He started last week with... He did, gave it the Stephen Wright treatment. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So uh, 1985 is the year for our twee this weekend. It is the release of the epic Home Alone. Not that epic. Not that epic. Well, it's fine. You know, I mean, it's got a huge place in history. I like it. It's fun. I mean, it's a, it's a good Christmassy time movie. What you the animals? Is it. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> epic. Wait. Oh, oh. I was hoping of anyone you would get. No. That. Yeah, like that's that was a total Joel joke. That was a Joel joke. How did well, so many ways? It was, a, it was a random music reference, but, and it was a bad pun. It was, but I know. was picturing the Home Alone film and trying to remember where's that song in there. Adios, señorita. Adios, señorita. <laughs> oh, we are so we are we are not going to turn into a bad morning show. <laughs> I have bad news for you. <laughs> hey, it's the Jive oh. Turkey on forty going on fourteen. <laughs> It's the chicken and the douche. (laughs) Yes, it is, you freak. Chicken and the douche. (laughs) Oh, my God. That sounds like a 70s TV show. (laughs) If any of you have any musical talent, write me a theme song to a TV show called The Chicken and the Douche right now. Wait, what just happened? All right. So, music. The number one song on the Billboard Top 100 is Like a Virgin by Madonna and Born in the USA uh, by Bruce Springsteen, peaked at number nine, as it should, because Bruce Springsteen sucks. Number nine. Uh, I agree. Bruce Springsteen is awful. Yes. Bruce Springsteen, I like. Number nine. Yep. He, he's, oh, Born in the USA was an awesome album. 
It really uh, was. But <clears throat> the thing about Springsteen, he's one of those guys for me, like, I either love or hate his songs. I'm right, right there with you. You're all about the Santa Claus is coming to town, aren't you? That would be on the hate. I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't actually. Hmm. That might be one that I don't really have an opinion on too much. He he sings like he's been gargling battery acid. I agree oh, with that. Oh, oh, oh. But for some of his songs, it really works. Like I mean, I know I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but one of my favorite songs of all time is "Hungry Heart." That's a that's a great song, and it's his good. voice his voice goes really well with the lyrics of that song too. What the opening opening line where he leaves his family? Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, January nineteenth, nineteen eighty five. Because it's awful doesn't mean it doesn't make a good song. Is that a movie quote? No. It should be. Oh, I, thought I, was, I think you that know, was from Chicken and the Douche. <laughs> <laughs> Second season, third episode. Uh, that's the one where they meet the monkey. <laughs> exactly. Left turn, Clyde. In uh, January 19th, 1985, Ozzy Osbourne's Bark at the Moon tour ends in Rio de Janeiro after beginning in November 10th, 1983 in Leicester, England. Jesus, <laughs> how many drugs were done on that tour? All of them. Sharon! I can't even imagine how many roadies were destroyed in the making of this concert between the beginning <laughs> no and the end. Between eight in the wake of a two-year Ozzy concert. <laughs> Between 85 and 89, Ozzy was pretty close to all I listened to. I mean, I'd spice it up with, like, some Metallica or Anthrax or whatever, but Ozzy was, like, most of my heavy metal, and heavy metal was all I listened to. Nice. And Bark at the Moon actually was not, I don't know, it it might be near the bottom of where I'd rank his albums. Yeah, it did not receive a lot of love from his true fans. Really? Yeah. A lot of them felt like that was his Jump the Shark album. Yeah, agreed. Hmm. Well, it's good to see that it didn't affect his career in any way. <laughs> so movies. No, I mean, he came oh. roaring back with Tribute and some others around the same time. So. Yeah, he pretty much put all those to rest. Yeah. yeah. They think I sold out. Um, <laughs> movies. Oh, yeah. Watch me snort this line of ants if you think I'm snorting. <laughs> You That's know, how I, this works, Ozzy. The more I read about him, the more I'm, I'm amazed that I is at, uh, what's his wife's name? Uh, Car- Sharon. Sharon. Yeah. Did you ever, it, it, he drove home drunk once, so she sold all of his cars. <laughs> like, and once, once again, he's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to so many others. Yeah, <laughs> especially this week. I know someone who's uh, worked OzFest, and apparently uh, there's a staff rule that if you have a car and Ozzy gets into it under no circumstances, are you to take him where he wants to go? <laughs> They have to treat him like an old man with Alzheimer's because that's what he is. As a Sonic. Yeah, because if you let him, he will hop in a limo and demand to be taken to a strip club like an hour before he has to go on. All right, so movies. The top movies are, in order, Beverly Hills Cop. A Nightmare on Elm Street and Mickey and Maud. What a weird combination. And Nightmare on Elm Street is not the darkest of those movies. It's <laughs> true. Mickey and Maud is some twisted shit. It's good, though, but yeah. No, I like Mickey and Maud. You're thinking about the, the Dudley Moore movie, right? Oh, no. We're thinking Harold and Maud. Yes. Oh, okay. Mickey and Maud well, is the Dudley Moore movie where he's married to the two women at the same time. Oh, that is twisted. That's, well, that is dark. I was going to say that the Beverly Hills cop still gives me nightmares. <laughs> oh. You dream about people that's putting the, a banana in your tailpipe. All right, put a banana in his tailpipe on Wednesday, Saturdays at midnight. <laughs> so, as I was a banana, escape from the Bronx and the acronym of the week TF and TS are released this week. Uh, that would be tonsil fucking and the smegma. <laughs> <laughs> Not <Whoa>. very. Po- <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not very popular because you don't want those two things combined. Oh, that got really aggressive. God, wow. <laughs> oh, I thought uh, we were. I had kind of a, a <clears throat> mediocre acronym of the week last week, so I had to redeem myself. I thought we were peaking with chicken in the douche, man. It's <laughs> wow. All right. That's one way to get him out. And get the death out of the way. Uh, oh, wait, what uh, is that, it really? Well, that, what is, is, that is the Falcon and the Snowman, by the way. Oh, that was actually a pretty good movie. I don't think I've ever seen it. No? Wow. Good stuff. Yeah, I think we have to mark this episode already as parental advice. <laughs> you don't think? <laughs> I'd rather see Josh's version anyway. Yeah. So, uh, Henry Wilfred Bramble, jeez, died on January 18th. He was an Irish film and television actor best known for his role in the British television series Steptoe and Son. That is such a British <laughs> name. Steptoe. Neat. Uh, he also performed alongside the Beatles in their film A Hard Day's Night, playing Paul McCartney's fictional grandfather. Oh, I know this guy. He's very clean. <laughs> he all, yeah. um, they yeah, also none of you have, a, Am I the they, only they, one who's seen Hard Day's Night? No, I've seen it. It's been him. a while. That's a... Oh, they keep introducing uh, his grandfather. It's like, oh, he's very clean. Yes. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Fuck you. It was. It was. It was, it was I mean, it's clever. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk about how they did a remake of that of Steptoe and Son in the Middle East. They called it Camel Toe and Son. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne performing all of Michael McDonald's greatest hits. <laughs> there is a concert. I would go see that. I, I mean, for, for God's sakes, I own the Pat Boone metal album. I would definitely buy that album. With some Zach Wilde, like, shredding in the middle. <laughs> so, uh, for some reason, we're at the Golden Globes now. At the 42nd Golden Globes, held on January 26th, Amadeus, F. Murray Abraham, and Sally Field are among the winners. Amadeus was some great movie. Really Pat was. likes to hold some Golden Globes. Mm. We'll get to that. Saturday like at midnight. You had <laughs> some breast implants? Yeah, yeah. I'm a protocol droid. Now he's double D three PO. Zing! Nice. But boom, boom, boom. That's a good one. R two double D two. There you go. Yeah. All right. Moving on. TV. The top shows are The Cosby Show, Family Ties, and Murder She Wrote. My mother loved Murder She Wrote. Like watched it religiously. <laughs> My mother liked it, but she wasn't that crazy about it. There's a lot of like cameos, like character cameos in Murder She Wrote. Yeah. Dude, if Cameo was actually on there, I would have watched it. <laughs> the, the mystery of the God Beast. Oh my God, that would be awesome. Uh, let's see who's who's start on there. Angela Lansbury. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Angela Lansbury is yeah, there. Show. I'm. I'm talking about cameos. Well, you said starred. Ricardo Montalban. Who is he related to? Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> Montalban. <laughs> you know, the guy that invented the pens. Oh. <laughs> the Montalban pins. How do you say his last name? Montalban. Montalban. There's an L. There's no L in it. M-O-N-T-A-L-B-A-N. Yes, Montalban. Are it's we wrong, Pat? I mean, are we? I've never heard anybody pronounce the L in his name. There is an L in That's there. That's because you're saying it wrong. Possibly. Oh. Egg on my face. Oh, wait, that's not egg. The plane. 
Buddy Hackett was on it too. Hervé Villachez. I can say that. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Yes, <clears throat> Anyway, uh, January 23rd, Thundercats Ender Syndication. Oh. I think Cameo was on that. I think Cameo <laughs> was that. He was Panthro's cousin. They all played Snarf. <laughs> Snarf. I thought we have to do a, one. We have to do a Thundercat show, and two. I went back and I watched some of the original ones. They talk really slowly in that show. It's like it's like uh, it was written by Captain Kirk. <laughs> Weird. All right. TV. The village of Estermar, a village with approximately sixteen hundred inhabitants, is located in the rural province of Friesland, Netherlands. I don't know why we're talking about this. <laughs> I was wondering how long that would take. <clears throat> I, I don't know. Yeah, let's I'm pretty go. sure I raided an Estermar in Diablo 3 over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> the entire Providence has a population of less than 650,000 people and has its own language. On January 23rd, Dosen Kroos was born in this village. She began her modeling career in 2003 in the Netherlands, but got quickly sent by her agency to New York, where she was cast, among other names, by lingerie giant Victoria's Secret. She became an angel for the brand in 2008. That was a long trip for that. <laughs> That was the point, I think, of Pat yep. doing that. Just research Look her up. Dozen Crows. Look her yeah, up. that's. I'm Gorgeous. trying to figure out, because I can't blame Mike for not knowing how to pronounce her name. He might even be right. But yeah, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, to be honest. That's the thing. That's why I wouldn't give him crap about this one. I'm, I, right. I'm looking it up right now. I think it's Dutzen Crows, but I'm not sure. It's, she she wrote Mr. Jones, right? What? It's pronounced Doutzen Crews. Ah, there well, we I go. He was pretty better. close. Yeah. yeah. All right, so in sports, Benny Failheber, yeah? Again, can't correct you. (laughs) Yeah, as far as we know, you're right. Cool. I like this day. (laughs) Is an American professional soccer player who plays for the Sporting Kansas City. Or Sporting Kansas City? Wait, is that the name of the team? I think so. Sporting Kansas City? Joel? I don't remember them. I was 85, man. Where were you? I was 11. I don't know. He was was born on January 19th, and he was a midfielder. There you go. Avoiding getting his caviar. Yes. I was avoiding getting beaten up. Yes, because he, because you use the wrong spoon to eat your escargot. <laughs> you don't use That's a spoon a, to eat. <clears throat> See, and he knows that. that. Yeah, why do you know that? Anyone who missed, like, the first dozen shows <laughs> has no films? idea what the fuck you guys are talking about. Because he was a fancy lad. French films? I hate those fancy lads. That's a deep cut right there. Yeah. yeah. On uh, January 20th at Super Bowl, fuck you, Pat. Uh <laughs> 19. <clears throat> Super Bowl 19? Yes. Nice. Yes. The San Francisco 49ers beat the Miami Dolphins 38-16, to 16, and the Super Bowl MVP was Joe Montana. I'm just pleased he didn't say it was Super Bowl Zix. <laughs> <laughs> this is Super Bowl, oop, acronym of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Graham, American professional wrestler and promoter, committed suicide on January 21st. Xylophone and Xerxes. <laughs> We're all laughing. Now, time to bring things down a little bit. <laughs> Finish that off with a Gotta little Gotta end with a shotgun suicide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, this is looking to be a real high-class show, I'm telling you right now. I was going to say, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's head into the life of <clears throat> Dustin Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, oh. we're really rolling now. Yeah, well, we're talking about kid stars. This is our second show on the topic. If you didn't hear the first one, we talked about the kid stars who had a career and it actually came out okay for them as adults. This week, we're talking about the ones that, well, it didn't turn out quite so well. Yes, the train wrecks. The hot messes. <laughs> the egg on the who are, face. Who are still with us, by the way. Yeah, who are, yes. yeah. Being dead is 
a not a prerequisite of this this show. That would be thought, the, the third show, <laughs> right? I thought it was awesome that on the way in this morning, I was listening to a radio program and they were talking about the phrase "hot mess," and the first name that came up was Lindsay Lohan. Oh, jeez. Nice. Yep. Hey, she is almost the definition right at this point. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so who were the four we were going to be talking about? Dustin Diamond, Macaulay Culkin, Lindsay Lohan, and. Corey Scott Feldman. Yeah, I mean, there's a long list that we could have debated about talking about. Uh, yeah, we, do have, we do have some honorable mentions. You want to run them, run down the list? Oh, yeah. well, we had uh, Danny Bonaduce. I'm just saying, like, ones that we're not going to talk about. Yeah, Danny Bonaduce was on the list. Um, Jody Sweeten, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. that one. Who else was there? There was uh, the daughter from the movie. What's that show with? Uh, which, uh, Family Matters. Yeah, yeah. She, she became a porn star. Yeah, well, I don't know, star, but she was, yeah. Well, a porn. She was she in a, a couple. Performer. Yes. Yes. Quasi indie star. <laughs> All right. So. And and the like, you know. So but we, we narrowed it down to these four. We felt they were the biggest and most eligible <clears throat> to still have something to talk about for the now. Yeah. Okay, here we go. I, I finally found the list. Uh Amanda Bynes, Edward Furlong, Leif Garrett, Tara Nolan Smith, uh Taylor Monson, Misha Barton. I'm not sure Misha Barton I, I necessarily She's kinda got herself back together. Yeah. She, yeah. She was treading lightly there for a little while, but I think she's kinda pulled it back together. So on, on to the four that we are talking about though. <laughs> yep. So yeah, so we we're starting out with uh Dustin Diamond. Uh Born January 7th, 1977, San Jose. A first appearance was Purple People Eaters? I don't, I don't, they didn't really, I mean, the biography that I looked up didn't really, and I didn't feel like, honestly, I didn't feel like IMDBing it to get it entirely accurate. But yeah, these are some of the movies he was in early on. Purple People Eaters, Big Top Pee Wee, and She's Out of Control. I remember She's Out of Control. That was one with, um... Tony Danza, Tony Danza, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Angela. <laughs> oh, she's out of control. Well, he also... He just said it over and over. That's why that movie sucked. Yeah, Screecher. He guest starred on Wonder Years and It's a Living? The hell's that? <laughs> I don't even it's remember a It's a Living. It's a Living was... was um, oh, God, what was that? It, um, uh, that? Somebody, it was somebody's vehicle. They played a, uh, a bus driver or something. It was like a one-off. It's not... It's not the one with um, Michael Keaton and uh, James Belushi. Oh, maybe so. I don't remember. I, I should have looked it up, I guess. I mean, I didn't think yeah. anybody was going to ask about it. But All right. Yeah, well, look it up, I guess. I'll guess. I'll We'll fix this in post. We'll figure out. Yeah. No, we won't. <laughs> uh, so, 88, Diamond began playing the role of Samuel Uki Powers. I'm sorry. <laughs> Samuel. Samuel. Wow. It's funny because it's true. Yeah, Screech. Samuel Screech, Screech Powers. powers uh, for those of you that don't know, Uki is a friend of ours. Yeah, well, I, I, use, that, be I, kinda, I use that word lightly. Yeah. <laughs> um, on Saved by the Bell, right? Well, it started as Good Morning, Miss Bliss. They were going to have the main character actually be Haley Mills playing as the teacher. Who uh, actually was a child star herself. She played Pollyanna in the Disney movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so uh, she was a junior high teacher, and it was mostly going to be about her and uh, some of the characters that became Saved by the Bell. Uh, you had uh, Screech, uh, Mikey Gonzalez <clears throat> didn't make it, but Zach Morris. Okay. Um, giant phone. Yeah. <laughs> can I? Uh, Lisa can, I, can we just take a minute real quick and just discuss... Saved by the Bell, having like one of the greatest superpowers of all time in one of their characters, hardly ever mentioned. Zach has the ability to stop time at any given time. 
Well, he's also a sociopath. Yeah, there's all kinds of weirdness about that that show that never really gets talked about. Like you look at the way he manipulates his friends. Yeah, and just like everybody forgives him, he charms his way out at the end. Kind of like he's someone a we know. Of, of like you know that that cult leader charisma. Can I share a dark secret? Yes, I have never seen Saved by the Bell. Really? really? Wow. Yeah, I watched a lot of Saved by the Bell. I hate that show, and I've seen plenty of episodes. <laughs> I think fan out. I'm pretty sure that uh, for a few years, Saved by the Bell came on right after Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. So, like, that if is. you were just being lazy, you watched <clears throat> Saved by the Bell whether you wanted to or not. It was like, oh, watch this or get off the couch. Wake up in the morning and a lock clock and something and it kind of just turned into the the closing theme to WKRP there for a second. You just. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So no, I've never, I've never seen it. It's like I guess it, well, you're right, Josh. Because like as soon as the cartoons ended, I was completely disconnected and turned on to video games. You really didn't miss much. It was a very average sitcom at best. But one of the things that was appealing for kids is it was one of the few shows of the time about high schoolers actually featuring high schoolers. Hmm. Because when it first started, you know, all those kids were in their you know mid teens. It ran for quite a while, 89 to 93. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me about Screech. Tell me about this guy. I know, is it true that he is cousin to uh, uh, one of the Beastie Boys? I don't think so. I didn't find that in any of my research on him. No? Really? But, I mean, he is, uh, his father is uh, Orthodox Jew, so, I mean, it is very possible. Yes. I mean, as everybody knows, the Beastie Boys, all three of them are Jewish. I'm looking it up right now. Screech was just, he was a nerd, but not in the traditional sense. He wasn't smart or anything. He was just this awkward, doofy kid with a permanent, like, uh, going through puberty voice and an odd, he's kind of the Belky Bartokamus of the show. And he never had, like, you know, no matter what happened to him, he never had a bad disposition about it. So he just was kind of always, even despite his awkwardness and, and his just ability to always make everything either turn to shit or just fall apart or whatever, make it more difficult, he, he was always forgiven because he it wasn't because of a malice or anything that he made things worse. So, he was like, yeah. a, like a Gilligan type of character. Yeah, oh. he reminds me of, like, if Jughead from Archie was a total fuck-up. Yeah, that's a good oh, so if Jughead yeah. was, like, missing a chromosome, that'd be yes. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. yeah. So, I mean, it, just a really annoying character in, in a lot of ways, but had, you know, redeeming characteristics as well, and just a, the lovable loser kind of hmm. character. Supposedly it was Mike D, but in interviews, Mike D has said it's not true. Well, can well, you blame him? Well, I trust so. Mike D. He'd be like, I don't know that guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it turns out... As, as we'll talk about in the in the now, I mean, a lot of things that, that have been claimed by Dustin himself or by people about him or whatever have just turned out to either just be complete falsifications or later found out to just not be true or, or just, you know, veracity just thrown in doubt in general. So it's very possible he may have claimed that at some point. Right. Yeah, what but uh, do? at the time, in general, like, nobody liked him uh, in terms of the rest of the cast. Right. Really? Yeah, that was the, and uh, we'll definitely talk more about that in the second half of the show. How uh, much the intensity of that dislike. But you know, with the the old sitcom tropes, you know, you had to have the goofy neighbor or the wacky sidekick, or you know, the you got to fill all those slots. Yeah, 
you got to have somebody that's always going to set up some of the ridiculous situations you need in a standard American sitcom. Okay. Right. And he fit that role <laughs> and played it to the hill, you know? So, uh, yeah, he did, even to the point where he was in the uh, sequel spinoff to Saved by the Bell, Saved by yeah, the Bell, yeah. The College Years, and Saved by the Bell, The New Class. And yeah, then... The College Years only lasted one season. Yeah. That had everybody in it for the most part from the original series. Yeah, it was, it was the first one that went immediately after Saved by the Bell ended. Because they ran their, their, <clears throat> their, their show... Th- they ran the show for four years, and they actually progressed the storyline every year. So when they graduated, they're all like, uh, uh, yeah, we've had four years. What are we going to do now? And they're like, uh, let's just start them in college. They all go to the same college. Okay, woo. <laughs> and everybody kind of went, um, no, that's kind of dumb. We don't buy that. And it didn't really last. So they started over with Saved by the Bell, the new class, where they brought a couple of the characters back, but not all of them. And Screech was a, a college student slash administrative helper or whatever on the show. He was a secretary? Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah he was administrative staff. I don't really. I'd never watched that show. So it I was know. easier to just imagine they flunked him back down to high school, right? <laughs> As he got the younger kids in wacky situations. Yeah. So that's. Uh... Didn't he have a catchphrase or not? Oh my lord! <laughs> no, that's. Okay. I don't think he had a particular catchphrase. I, I would say that he probably inspired later characters like that. Uh, yeah. Like Urkel. Yeah, Urkel's yep. a pretty good example of one that's basically like Screech plus a catchphrase. Hmm. Urkel's Did I do that? He sounds yeah. a lot more charming than uh, Screech. Dude, they should have done like <clears throat> Saved by the Bell of College Years crossover with the OC. Okay, never mind. Sharon! All right, so uh, then. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, coming up with Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Carson Culkin, born in 1980, August. Actor and musician. Musician. Uh, he became famous as a child actor for his role as Kevin McAllister in the family comedy Home Alone and its sequel, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. And then it's third in the series, Home Alone 3. Just pay attention to the damn kid. Um, <laughs> I don't like Home Alone. Home Alone 3. Why did you even have a child? Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, there is a Home Alone 3 and 4. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there but is. Culkin wasn't in them. No. No, some other kid. I, you know what? I, I take that back. I'm not a big fan of Macaulay Culkin, but in Uncle Buck, I thought him, inter- the way he interacted with uh, John Candy and Uncle Buck was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and my girl, I, I didn't care for. Uh, I never saw The Good <clears throat> Son. I steered away from Richie Rich because by this point I, I was done with Macaulay Culkin. But yep. I can't say I was ever really a fan, although I can say uh, that his uh, first appearance in a music video, which was from Michael Jackson's Black or White, I don't know about you guys, but I remember the release of that video, and it was yeah. an event. Is like, that where I stayed up to watch that. Is that where he, like, they keep changing, they do the morphing technology? Yes. Oh, that was okay. For weeks on MTV, they made a big, you know, show out of it, yeah. Oh, yeah, that. that was actually a really cool video. Yeah, and yeah. Macaulay Culkin came out when the, the rapping part started, and, like, three quarters of the way through the song. Oh, neat. Well, and well, to go back to the good son real quick, we, uh, that featured Elijah Wood, who was in our first Kid Star show, The Winners. Oh, yeah. That's interesting, because uh, when we get to talking about Culkin now, he's got another connection to another uh, one of the child stars from our first show. Oh, true. Is my girl the one where he got stung to death by bees? Yes. Spoilers. Spoilers. So, came out in 91. <laughs> okay, stingers. Bees. <laughs> Mees. All right, so he was a third. So shocked that they killed the child star in the movie. Yeah, yeah but they waited till the end. So whatever. I went to high school at the beginning. I actually went to high school with the uh, girl who was the lead in that. Anna Pumsky. Yep, she, she she came into the video store I worked at every once in a while. Yeah, she went to Walther. I I want to say. 
that she was a freshman while I was a senior. So I don't think Go we ahead. ever actually interacted. Hmm. Well, he was listed as number two on VH1's list of the 100 greatest kid stars and E's list of the 50 greatest child stars. And then yeah, I'm- Q's list of the greatest 10 child stars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a yeah, f- I'm... He was one of like a big family. There Seven were kids. six, yeah, six other kids. Yeah, uh, and his parents, like his dad, used his stardom to like fuel a lavish lifestyle, and uh, well, basically, what else are kids for? yeah. Oh yeah, because that works out so well. Yeah, right. <laughs> I have so much expendable income. Well, that's the thing is, Culkin realized that he had more money before puberty. Than he would ever need more money than we'll ever see in our lives. Now I'm depressed. And, what's that? Now I'm depressed. Well, uh, I mean, millions and millions and millions of dollars, and his parents were frittering it away. And despite that, his dad was constantly like putting him down and making him remember, quote unquote, his place. So partially to screw over his overbearing father, he said that he was retiring from acting. Uh, in 94, right after Richie Rich. And both, <clears throat> when his parents divorced, they both claimed that uh, they are going to fight for him as custody when they were really fighting for his money. Wow. Was, was he emancipated? Uh, he, I don't know <clears throat> if it was an official emancipation, but he basically petitioned the court that neither of his parents would get it. And he was successful. Well, you know, kind of good for him. Yeah. Which, what's interesting is that his two two brothers, Kyrian and Rory, went on to... I mean, Kyrian is still doing some pretty cool indie stuff. Rory. And Rory, as well, has not had too bad of a career. They've not ever been quite as huge as him, but, I mean, they're actually legitimately doing interesting acting things. Huh. Yeah, Which I always think of uh, Scott Pilgrim. But anyway, sorry. The other thing he's really well known for is how close he was to Michael Jackson. We already talked about his appearance in Black or White. I mean, he'd go to Disneyland with Michael Jackson. He was probably the most famous kid who was uh, spotted regularly going uh, to the Neverland Ranch. And he got pulled in when the pedophilia case came up. And he stepped up to say, yeah, I I spent the night there Uh in the bed with Michael, and I never saw anything sexual go on. Never, nothing ever happened to me. And nothing ever happened to another kid while I was there. Yeah, he defended All we ever him did the was whole time. Bubbles. I, I, I may have oh, to disagree. Really? <laughs> Thank you. Somebody I may it. have to disagree when it comes to my child star because uh, we have a very similar storyline there with Michael really? Jackson. Oh, all right. So uh, yeah. Macaulay Culkin, known for making huge pancakes with a shovel, and wait, that wasn't him. No, he was no, that what? was no. I got mixed up. He's he's doing the dishes, right? Yeah, he has his own McDonald's. <laughs> Richie Rich, nobody. Mm-hmm. Okay. Never saw Richie Rich. Guy, yeah, you missed nothing. <sighs> All right, <laughs> stop this podcast and go watch it now. <laughs> I'll be right back. So uh, mine, my choice for this one was Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay D. Lohan. Lohan. Lindsay D. As in double D. The Riders of Lohan. That's for Pat. Yeah. Nah. Uh, born in. She's one of the younger ones of this of this crowd. 1986. Um, American actress, singer, songwriter, model, director, and producer. Some of those are correct. Back. Yeah. Uh, she started as a child model at three. Uh, was in a bunch of commercials, including for uh, Cosby's Jello. 
<laughs> and uh, and wound up in the television soap opera Another World in uh, when she was ten. So she had a lot of stuff under her belt by the time she was, you know, you know, a decade old. Um, 1998, they cast her in Disney's remake of The Parent Trap as both Haley and Annie as the twins, and she won a Young Artist Award for it. Uh, she also wound up with a contract from Disney to do uh, Freaky Friday. Uh, have, it, have you guys ever seen Parent Trap, by the way? She was actually really no. good at No. The, yeah, the remake, you mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's I, really good. They were, at the time, she was like the next big Disney star. Well, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, she was going to be it. This is, I mean, this is what I wrote in here. Roger Ebert wrote that Lohan, Lohan I keep saying Lohan. <laughs> Don't Lindsay, miss with the Lohan. Lindsay has that Jodie Foster sort of seriousness and intent and focus beneath her teenage persona. I mean, Roger Ebert is, more, you know, whatever you think of him, he, you know, he compares you to Jodie Foster when you're that, that old. It's like, Wow, you know, I she, want to kill for her. Uh, yeah. You don't want to mess with the Lohan. Wrote How did we get here? <laughs> you don't want to mess with the Lohan pack because you'll get crabs. Yeah. All right, so she won um, some awards for Freaky Friday. Also, that was the one where she was playing opposite uh, crap. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, her. She is not crap. She is She's not, definitely not. Crap. Definitely not she crap. No, definitely not. We need to do a show on Jamie Lee Curtis. I'll do anything for Jamie Lee Curtis. Activia. Okay, so two thousand and four. <laughs> MTV Music Awards, uh, she won the award for Breakthrough Performance, and it became her most commercially successful film, earning $160 million worldwide, and it's sitting at an 88% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's crazy to me that Freaky Friday and Mean Girls were just one year apart. Yeah. That's the thing. is like when I started going over this, I didn't realize that she crossed, I mean, we had to make an exception for her because she crosses over the 2000 border on us for the then and the now, but her story's so ridiculous um i would say she peaked with mean girls mean girls was a great movie really that, was it yeah it pretty much that after mean girls is when things start getting a little hairy for her um she did <laughs> <laughs> so anyway even to the point where in 2000 she played a young bet midler uh on a tv series on uh, called bet so you know they they she had they had some great plans for her um, all basically all movies. She had a couple TV movies. Well, the bet was a TV series, but she also did something called Life Size. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the natural you know. sort of knock on. You get these barely credited roles when you've done like six million commercials and ad oh, print yeah. ad campaigns. Like yeah. she was a, a face that everybody knew, and it was obvious she was going to go into acting. Yeah, that, yeah. What is this Life Size? Oh, Life Size is kind of like a it's like a girl's version of Weird Science. Hmm. Oh, where in, you make Tyra Banks become from a doll to a live. Yeah, well, kinda, that's why it didn't. What? <laughs> Pat's like, you can do that. <laughs> can you turn her back to a doll? <laughs> yeah. No but, shit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so also, like I said, 2003, Freaky Friday, uh, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, and then uh, Mean Girls, uh, she played Katie Heron in there, $129 million worldwide, and then won two awards at the MTV Movie Awards for 2005. We've all seen Mean Girls, right? No. No. Really? Seriously, you haven't? No. It's Guys. a Tina Fey joint. I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it really is. I, I, I know. Now I'm, I'm concerned because both of you are agreeing on something. Right, and you're very adamant about it, too. Emphatically. Like, I, I waited to see this for years because I didn't know so much about it, and I, I wasn't necessarily all that into Lindsay Lohan. But uh, when I saw it, I was just shocked at how good it was. Yeah, huh. it's just really well done, really funny. And, I mean, it's I, I can't recommend it more. I, I really enjoyed it. I Kind of like you, I waited to see it because... I was just like, 
I imagined it was going to be a lot like Clueless, which I really, despite all its accolades, <clears throat> did not enjoy because, like, why do I want to watch an entire movie about the girls that I hated in high school? But this was just really well done, and it's just kind of it's kind of like a like Clueless done well, in my opinion. Huh. Mike, does this make you want to see it? You know, it's been on my list. I mean, literally on my on my Netflix list for a while. I mean, it, you could possibly even wait a year or two and just watch it with Katie, honestly. It's not it, it's not horribly, horribly inappropriate. There's a couple of, like, things referenced here and there. But, I mean, it's... it's How old do you a, think Katie is? Girl. Hmm? <laughs> He's about to be 16. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying, like, I'm saying you could probably... I mean, I'm just trying to say, like, I don't want to get my ass kicked by Susie if you show it to her now and it's so, so horrible. Let's, <laughs> let's think about what else Michael has shown. She's begging me to go see uh, 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 Deadpool. Definitely safer than Deadpool. Definitely safer yeah, than Deadpool. Okay, okay. Right. didn't show it to her. Yeah, yeah okay, well, watch another. That'll be my excuse. Hey, it wasn't Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> wasn't Robocop. <laughs> yeah. Matthew's uh, in the corner shivering. <laughs> like, Matthew, it's just mean girls. He's like, I don't care. Where's my this bag? Is this They're is mean. a bust. This is a bust. This is a bust. Yeah, this is, uh, mean girls is in the same vein as, like, uh, ten, was it Ten Things I Hate About You, Easy A, that sort of like school comedy. Okay. And I, all, as much as I like those other two movies, I think it's the best of that genre. Yeah. And uh, you're not the only person that said those things. I've heard a lot of people <clears throat> just say how good it is, but it's just never been on my radar. So. Hmm. I personally, I think it's, I think it's her best work, honestly. Yeah. And uh, it was not a huge surprise to me once I found out it was a Tina Fey project because yeah. just about everything she's involved in i've really enjoyed now, yeah I'm, T- I'm, I'm a big big fan of tina fey tina fey uh directed wrote and starred in oh she's really star. oh, yeah oh wow she plays the main teacher yeah yeah oh. she didn't uh wait did she direct it i don't think she did direct it. i think she uh wrote the screenplay though yeah mark okay. waters directed it but Very uh cool. yeah tina fey wrote it all right so there's a Hey, uh, Joel. Yo. You've been dipping your uh, dink in the Feldman Pond this week, so... Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Might want to go see a doctor. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Corey Scott Feldman, born July 16, 1971, half of the two-Corey duo in Los Angeles, California. This guy was born to be an actor, and I think his parents kind of... Too bad he died before he started acting. Oh, Aw. Don't don't diss on the Feldman. Um, he is the second of five children of musician Bob Feldman and his wife Sheila Goldstein. Uh, his mother was a childhood manager, and his father eventually owned a talent agency aimed at modeling other children's careers after his sons. So you could see they were like, "Oh, there's money to be made in this." Uh, he has been married to someone I think Pat might be jealous of, Vanessa Marcel, mm. for several years, and then uh, to Susie Sprague who is also a uh, Playboy model. So he, 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 for whatever reason, seems to uh, attract attractive women. Um, crazy people are better in bed? I, I guess so, and he's definitely it's a true. little crazy. Um, he started his acting career at the age of three, appearing in a McDonald's commercial. Uh, in his youth, he appeared in over 100 television commercials and 50 television series, including The Bad News, Bad News Bears, Mork and Mindy, Eight is Enough, One Day at a Time, and cheers. And right Mor- there, that's, that's a pretty hefty... Mork and Mindy? He's like the yep. Nicolas Cage of child actors. He's like, I'll take any script. I don't care. I, I think that was his I parents. I gotta pay the IRS. <laughs> yeah, it was his parents. I mean, looking at his uh, IMDb page, uh, Mork and Mindy, let's see. He was in two episodes playing a kid named Billy. 
<laughs> what, what baffles me about your summary and your notes is that you go on about Bad News Bears and Mark and Mindy and fail to mention Gremlins, Goonies, Stand By Me, or The Lost Boys. Well, but I'm just talking about his TV. I'm just talking about his TV. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Here, I got, strictly- I, okay, Joel, don't worry. I got you backed up. Hang in. <laughs> right. Hey! Because before he ever got into film, his, his parents got him into television first. Um, so... In 1987, did you guys still there? In 87, we were here, yeah. Oh, no, it got quiet. Um, <laughs> it's called listening, Joel. That's what we're doing. Feldman appeared with Corey Haim in The Lost Boys, which yeah, I know all of you love. Okay, there you go, The Lost Boys. Yeah. Um, it, far, it marked the, the first on-screen pairing of the two, which became, like I said earlier, as the two Corys. That was the first they did, time they were together? Yep. I did not know mm-hmm. that. Huh. They also did License to Drive, Dream a Little Dream, and then later on, which we'll talk about in the now, they followed up on those classic films. Uh, like Josh mentioned, uh, he was also known for being in uh, Gremlins, The Fox and the Hound. Uh, his first film was Time After Time, which is the uh, the Jack the Ripper. Oh, yeah, that was really good. Um, he was in what one of my favorites, Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter. He actually is the kid that basically off Jason. Um, and then he was in A New Beginning as well, Goonies, Stand By Me. Oh, my uh, God, Stand By Me. We got another connection to the first Child Stars because yeah. he starred in that alongside Will Wheaton, who was yeah. featured in uh, our Winners episode. I would love for us to find a reason to, to talk about Stand By Me. I think we should do a Stephen King show. Well, uh, that's a good idea. Write that down. And he may. Uh, well, that also ties us with possible uh, runner-up for our next show, River Phoenix. Um, he was also yeah. in The Burbs. And uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, he really had quite a, a, uh, an impressive start to his career. Um, he uh, voiced the, the, was the voice of Donatello in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. Mm. That was right before his drug addiction hit. So at age 15, he emancipated himself from his parents, uh, supposedly worth a million bucks. And by the time they got done with everything and got the records from the bank due to a court order, they found out they only had 40,000. Nice parents. Um, in 1990, he released uh, his second album. He actually had another album here. I, it's further down the list. Uh, like singing? Yeah. In 1992, he had an album out called Love Left. And then in... <laughs> and, it t- and it took my career. <laughs> exactly. And then in the, later on in uh, the, the 90s, he released an el- another album called Still Searching for Soul with his band Corey Feldman's Truth Movement, which, if uh, you hang around to the now, still exists. <laughs> Love Left and Heroin showed up. <laughs> <laughs> which, if you guys get a chance, um, there is a, a music video out there for uh, the Love Movement that just came out uh, at the, around the new year, I think last year. And it's like 12 minutes long or something, and it is quite possibly the most amazing train wreck you'll ever see <laughs> I, I like Corey Feldman I have no problem with him uh, same any of the stuff with him and Corey Haim and, and I always enjoyed him in the films as a kid I am not a fan of Corey Haim or Feldman I like uh, the Lost Boys despite them in it. A friend well, of mine. he added a lot to Stand By Me, to be fair. No one else could have played his role. Oh, no. I, I, Stand By Me is almost a perfect movie, I think. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's another one. I, I don't think it's good because of him. I just, you know, anyway. Despite him is what you're saying. But yeah. as I was saying before, in during this time period, and he still to this day seems to carry that, that torch, and we'll talk more about what happened later on, but he was a regular at Neverland Ranch and was a big, I mean, like Michael Jackson 
was his mentor. And if you watch a lot of the stuff after he befriended him, his whole everything changes. The way he dresses, the way he acts, the way he wears his hair, the way he, he dances. Everything is modeled after Michael Jackson, even after he passed away. Which and, was very creepy. Yeah, it, it was to the point of, of being like single white female. Yeah. Uh, and that's the part where I kind of like, eh, Corey, what are you doing, man? You had such a promising career. But <laughs> and then when we get to the now, I'll, I'll discuss something I watched last night and we'll talk about the downfall of Corey Feldman. A friend of mine got kicked out of the movie theater because of License to Drive. What? Yeah, apparently, you know that whole scene where the, tr- the car goes crazy, you know, lo- they, where they lose contr- control of the car. It goes vaulting over that hill and parks itself perfectly in that spot. I've never yeah. seen. Okay, that ha- okay, uh-huh. so only, that happens. Apparently, my buddy Steve, when he went to go see that back then, he that happened. He stood up, turned around to the entire audience, and went, "It could happen." <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, "Sir, come with me." You know, just like time to go. So, but I mean, seriously, out of the the other three of you, I mean, if you had a choice between Haim or Feldman, like if if you had to pick one to Feldman. watch, Feldman, absolutely, yeah, Pat. Is none of the above an option? Nope. No. Uh, um, I don't know. Haim. Why? I liked him better in Stand By Me. Haim wasn't in Stand By Me. <laughs> he was. Feldman was. Am I, am I confusing the two of them? You are, you are completely the confusing them. Yeah. yeah cause Which one's Stan- the one that has like, the, 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 the always talks like he's got a mouthful of marbles? Feldman. Uh, the, yeah, Feldman's the one with the gravelly voice that was in Goonies. Yeah, because uh, Stand By Me well, was were Will Wheaton, River Wait, Phoenix. No, Feldman, Feldman okay. was he the one with the glasses in Stand By Me? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of Sean yeah, I like him. Like oh, him. you're you're mixing them up. Yeah, I'm thinking of Corey Haim. I hate that kid. <laughs> well, that's why he's dead. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we cleared this up now. <laughs> to, yeah, you know, whatever. throwing all this hate. At Corey you people just like fuck this kid the whole time and realize yeah, at the Corey end Feldman's of the segment, Haim, that kid's a sack of shit. <laughs> <laughs> he is now. Yep. Somewhere. Oh. Yep. Worm food. <laughs> all right. So we're gonna take a little break and come back and go over the yeah, shit we'll show. Yeah, we'll see where it all went horribly wrong. Uh, or, Fix that quote, like where where I, all the, all the bad shit I said about Phil. Wait, hold on, Pat. Just to clarify, Dustin Diamond is not Tiffany Amethyst. <laughs> just so you know. I, know, I know Screech is the blonde kid with the giant phone. All right, we should go take a break. We gotta work on this research shit. <laughs> We are back talking more about Kid Stars, but we're talking about how uh, things kind of went south for him after a little bit. So uh, let's jump right into the pool. It's probably kind of dusty and has hairs in it with Dustin Diamond. Ew, the shallow end of the gene pool. Yeah, so 2001, he decides that he's going to put out a Dustin Diamond teaches chess. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess he was trying to pander towards the nerd crowd. He's like, I played a nerd, so let's see him. No, as Josh said, you're not that kind of nerd. Yeah, not the smart kind. Yeah. The gets beat up kind. Who? <laughs> Which is sometimes the smart kind, but not in this case. Yeah. Not always Not always an overlap. Just because you're a nerd doesn't mean you can play chess, trust me. <laughs> Shut up, Pat. Yeah, says, well, yeah, never mind. Well, uh... <clears throat> So yeah, so he decides that he's going to make a chess instructional video, uh, and then decides also, hey, he starts playing bass, boom, 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 with an alt alt metal group called Salty the Pocket Knife. That's a great name for no, it's not. 
That's yeah, a ter- that's a terrible that's name. A, that's for not a good band name. Oh, and when did chess videos become popular? Since I mean, One Night in Bangkok is the last time chess videos were popular. No, wow. he's not that like a reach. Halo reach. Anyway, who buys those? I mean, seriously, I want to watch somebody play chess. I mean, he couldn't actually title it what it was. Dustin Diamond cashes in on his name. Yes. Right. See, it would have made more sense if he was playing a card game, though. Dustin Diamond makes a video because money. Yeah. <laughs> Buy my book. Dustin- <laughs> Buy my book. <laughs> Dustin Diamond eating a bowl of cereal. <laughs> While George went, eats beans. All right. So he also spends some time doing the, the TV show circuit. So he does some Hollywood Squares. Celebrity Big Brother, The Weakest Link, and Celebrity Boxing. Yep. That was awesome. Who, who did, did he fight? Yeah. Todd Bridges? It might have been. I can't remember who it was. Who fought Bonaducci? Oh, God. Oh. Damn it. All I can oh, remember I is William the Refrigerator Perry boxing Manute Bowl. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Screech. Danny Bonaducci. Oh, fought Horshack. What? Oh, that's right. The Todd Bonaduce Bridges must have fought. versus Vanilla Ice. Oh, Christ. God, God. What the hell did we, rabbit hole, did we go down? Danny Bonaduce uh, up against Barry Williams? That's fantastic. <laughs> Barry Williams got his <laughs> ass kicked, too. Yeah, Danny Bonaduce I wouldn't mess around with. Yeah, Paul. that was the thing, is everyone made fun of him until that celebrity boxing came out and, like... I was like, yeah, Bonaduce's kind of a badass. Yeah. He's a roided up, coked up freak. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Dustin Diamond, like, at this point, he's cashing in on what's left of his name, which isn't much after he's milked the uh, Saved by the Bell train as far as it will go. And then, yeah, the porn tape. (sighs) Yeah, the whole porn tape thing, um, it, it kind of like, it was one of those things where he kind of say, he kind of tried saying, oh, you know, it's been discovered and I don't really want it out and blah, 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 you know, and then come to find out, oh, he was part of the distribution and then, you know, he goes on tape later trying to, trying to say, oh, it wasn't even me in the tape, it was a stunt double, all this kind of, st- you know, so it's just typical Dustin Diamond douchery. So raise your hand how many of us have seen it. So Dustin Diamond is the douche from Chicken and the Douche? Yes. <laughs> I have not seen it. Oh, I didn't say to say. I didn't I don't want anybody to admit to it. I just wanted to raise hands if you've seen it. Oh, I've, yeah, I've, I've seen it. All right, I've seen it. I have hey. not. High five, Josh. Uh, <laughs> normally, like, my curiosity, but it only goes so far. Mine does not. I'll watch anything. I don't care. Called it's it true. Dustin Diamond Saved by the Smell. Ugh. I've yeah. seen Two Girls, One Cup, and this was too far. Yeah. Well. That says so much. It's definitely amateur. I'll say that about it. I could have sworn it was. I swear I thought like he went into gay in porn. Fargo. <laughs> in yeah, the, the girls aren't. You know, according to the plot of it, whether it was real or fake or whatever, I don't know. It was like a bachelorette party. Uh, with a, with the bride and some other girl, one of her bridal party, I guess. And you won't believe who we got for your bachelorette party. We got you, yeah. Screech. <laughs> You're out of the wedding. Go. Is he the blonde one? <laughs> is, he the, is he the one with the phone? <laughs> I 
got a phone, baby. In my pants. So after the big porn scandal that kind of fizzled out and just made him look like a sleazy douchebag, he decided to go full sleazy douchebag and write a tell-all. Behind the bell. Talking about how there was all kinds of sex and drugs and bad problems and this and that on the set and all the kids fought and or they, they were either fighting or fucking all the time. You know, See, he's pulling a Chevy Chase. Pretty much, yeah. Just, just biting the hand that feeds him and everything. Except Chevy and, Chase was funny. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. And and everybody pretty much, you know, went on record as saying, yeah, none of that shit ever happened. He's lying, yada, yada. And he himself came out and said, oh, well, all I did was I did an interview with the guy who wrote the book for me, and he misconstrued everything I said and blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> again, in typical Dustin Diamond fashion, just, you know, I mean, you get there are certain people that are just pieces of shit, right? And <laughs> I'll give them credit for at least if they own up to it. You know, like, like uh, for instance, I don't know, um, Colin Farrell. You know, he, he, he never goes on record and goes, I didn't get drunk, I didn't, and, and, and hit that person. I didn't, you know, he, he doesn't come up with excuses. He's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm a drunk and I, you know, I fight. Is it right. true that you, what are your statements about punching out this guy at the bar? He was an asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, so there's something to be said for at least taking... Not not so much pride, that's the wrong word, but at least taking ownership, ownership. of yeah. yeah. fuck-ups. And Dustin Diamond is just the, the kind of douche that never will. He will always be like, you know, oh, it's you know this, that, the other thing, this is why it happened, That you know, it's not my fault, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you're like, I, I, I'm an idiot, I realize this, I made uh, some stupid mistakes, but eh, everybody does it, you know? I'm not right. better than anybody else. Yeah, and I think that's the difference between whether Hollywood lets you have a comeback and when they don't. Right. So to, to, the, to this point, Mel Gibson still hasn't given a heartfelt apology, <sighs> and he's been ostracized. You know, I mean, there, there, there. I mean, there's a lot of forgiveness in America for their celebrities. I mean, <laughs> they they give a lot of leeway for fuck ups and forgiveness, and if but there are rules to it. You know, you you got to show contrition. You got to. And you got to like change your ways. And Dustin Diamond is one of those people that doesn't have any kind of desire to change his ways. Yeah, and if you don't, you end up getting <clears throat> mocked to your face by the host of the Golden Globes right before you're presenting, <laughs> which and just happened to Mel Gibson. Yeah. All but, right. <clears throat> I mean, if you get to the point where you're the whole knife thing in the bar, I mean, that's that's yeah. Let's much talk about bottom. that. Yeah. Just so, happened a couple of years ago. 2014. Pulled yeah, a like, switchblade on somebody in Wisconsin uh, and stabbed the guy. Yeah, this happened like a week after we did the first Child Star show, if I recall. Yeah, because we did the we decided doing the Child Star show, and then we're like, hey, what about those guys? We got to yeah. talk about them. So now he just got sentenced in June for four months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he... Convicted on uh, carrying a concealed weapon and disorderly conduct, and then cleared on reckless endangeringly public safety. Well, yeah, if you're going to pull an, a, a weapon on somebody in the bar, you're much better off legally standing pulling a gun in America than a, than a switchblade, sadly. Yep. Yeah. Or pull it on AJ Slater. Um, <laughs> I, I was talking about the show with listener Maybellina today, and, and um, apparently he's from the same town that she is in Wisconsin. We gotta see if she can get him on the show. Ah, let's let's not. Yes, he does live <laughs> in Wisconsin now. That is true. Sad as that may be. 
I bet that town is like really pleased. <laughs> right? Thanks Home for ruining our tourism. Like, can we trade him in for Danny Most? Do you know how many cha- signs we need to change? Home of. No, I don't think anybody would even. They wouldn't have done that during the. Uh, is that dead kid who murdered all the hookers? Is he still. <laughs> <laughs> can we put him back on the side? All right, so. We know he's a, he's a train wreck. Then we have Macaulay Culkin. And. You couldn't have someone whose life went more different from uh, Dustin Diamond because, you know, looking at Macaulay Culkin, uh, he gets separated from his parents financially. Uh, Three years after he retires, he finally marries Rachel Miller, who he'd been, like, since he was a little kid, together with. But, like, he doesn't really know how to interact with people. He hasn't had a normal childhood which probably is why he was kind of a kindred spirit with uh, Michael Jackson. Talk about someone else whose childhood was messed up. Mm. So the marriage obviously doesn't work. And, like, you hear from all these people as he withdraws and gets more eccentric that uh, he's doing drugs, this, that, and the other thing, but nothing concrete ever really comes out. He gets arrested for pot possession and having prescription pills on him, but that's pretty minor in the scope of things that i'd call that minor if he wasn't a celebrity yeah exactly uh and in the world of celebrities that's almost nothing yes right. and that's the thing is he disappears for all these years and for a long time people didn't realize he was dating mila kunis and one thing that i Lucky think is bastard one thing that's crazy is while he hasn't talked about it she's gone on record talking about how both of them went crazy into world of warcraft like huh. hardcore uh playing all the time and she got to the point where uh she had to stop herself from playing she likened it to an addiction that she had to completely stop playing and she said that while they were dating macaulay culkin was even more into the game than she was i have no so, idea what that's like it's a wonder they're still married <laughs> after that and you guys you guys could have at any or, given point been playing with mila kunis and macaulay culkin on the world of warcraft servers it's all together. Actually, it's unlikely because uh, they were alliance. I was horde. Yeah, I rolled horde too. Oh god, I nerded. I, I got too <laughs> the nerd faction went too high. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is like he comes out with this movie. Finally, he's doing fun stuff uh, that he's not really interested in relaunching his career, and he's still having difficulty interacting in large groups with people. Like he doesn't really know. He's okay one on one with them, but. He's having some difficulty and shacking up for eight years and playing. Wow, we'll do that to anyone. And if you had got a messed up childhood, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're like six hundred pounds, yeah. And your normal is hanging out with Michael Jackson. Yeah, Wow is only like a step to the right. You know, it's so he comes out with this movie, this gorilla filmed. I think it was mostly filmed on like phones and handheld cameras called Party Monster, which was, uh, there's a book called Disco Bloodbath uh, about the king of the club kids, this guy, Michael Alleg, who got into the New York party scene, drugs and crazy sex parties, and who eventually ended up going to prison for 17 years for murdering and dismembering one of the club kids over a drug debt. Macaulay Culkin did that? No, the guy he was playing. (laughs) And that's the thing is, I think that a lot of the rumors 
uh, about him getting into hard drugs and whatnot, everyone saw Party Monster come out and they're like, fuck, I knew it. Look at him. And I'm kind of thinking he kind of got a bad rap. I'm almost wondering if he truly belongs on this episode. Because I almost wonder if people are just like assumed all this shit about him. He disappears and everyone's like, oh, you know how those child stars are. He's a little weird. He's got all this facial hair now. Well, yeah, yeah he's. Well, that settles it. Scrap the show. Start over. We're gonna get a <laughs> facial hair equates loser. And he played yeah, a hey. drug dealer. So, you know, that's that's what you do. And I, I'm, he's shown interest in the last few years to try and get his career going. But, like, he'll read for parts and get passed over. And he's done some uh, – he was on Robot Chicken off and on because uh, yeah. Party Green. Monster also had Seth Green in it. Yeah. Yep. And Mila does a lot of voice work for yeah. Robot so, Chicken. So he's close friends also with uh, he, uh, Natalie Portman from our The Winner's show. Yeah. He uh, went to her wedding. He is much less likely to be an actual train wreck out of all four of these guys, yes. Yeah, that's the thing. And, like, he just came back. Uh, a video went viral. A uh, buddy of his did this uh, web series. So he, he uh, had a viral video success with this web series, Drivers. Uh, and in the first episode, and there's only been one so far, Drivers is about rideshare drivers like Uber and Lyft, what I do. And Culkin shows up in the first episode as a passenger who ends up having to drive the Uber himself. And he's playing Kevin McAllister grown up. And the entire time he's chain smoking and talking about how messed up it was that his parents like left him and forgot about him. And he had to fend for himself and he was attacked by these. Oh, he's actually playing. A grown up Kevin McAllister. Oh, wow. I did not know. I thought it was just like some sort of weird project of his i didn't realize that he was like trying to do the you know home alone grown-up thing that makes did it, you watch dude, it no i'm so twisted actually, you'll yeah, have to see cute. it <clears throat> it's pretty cute and uh yeah it basically media sites got onto this and it immediately went viral 22 million views on youtube uh people are talking about him again uh he also played himself on jim gaffigan's jim gaffigan show huh it seems uh, like he just he just you know, took a break and came back and is doing what, I mean, like you said, he's, you know, independently wealthy after doing the Home Alone movies. What does he have to do? He's just doing what he wants to do right now. He's enjoying himself. And I think well, yeah. Like, goodness. And he had a band that was uh, all this weird pizza-themed cover band. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I can't remember. They all only, uh, Pizza Underground. They all they would do is they would cover songs of Velvet Underground, and they're this weird comedy rock where they do these pizza-themed parody covers of uh, Velvet Underground songs, and they'd sing That's them. Really, really niche. Yeah, yeah. I would, like, I would say so. Yeah. Really. So, and I think when he wanted to get his career going legit, he suffered from the stigma of all these things people assumed about him. And they're like, I, I don't want this guy attached to my project. But now I think he's got a shot at a real comeback. The, he, also a- he also suffers from the same thing Haley Joel Osment suffers from. It's like way too popular in, when you're a child. And then as you're an adult, 
you don't really grow into an adult face. You just look like your child star face with an adult body, and it's creepy for some. You know, it's just sure because he has that problem. He still has a very, which is one of the reasons why I think he's growing his hair out and he's got all the facial hair. He's trying to not look like a young Macaulay Culkin in an adult body. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah, he he does kind of have the strung out Thor look going right now. Yeah, I mean, and and like you said, it, more evidence I think in in favor of him not really being the train wreck. You know, Mila Kunis seems to be someone who has her shit together. Oh yeah, she's very intelligent. You know, and and has the world at her feet. And I don't think she would stay with him for as long as she did if he was a mess. She keeps it in a jar. And here we are. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I agree with you, Pat. I mean, if the people that hang out with him, if he was a hot mess, would have ditched him. Right. Yeah. And I, I think it's funny that uh, you have to, like, dig in to realize that he might not be the messed up child star everyone thought he was. And the reason we included him in the show is because that's what we all assumed about him. And like looking at what he's done, I mean, who knows? He may get the comeback. So uh, I put my money on him before I put it on Dustin Diamond. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would say of the four we're talking about, he's got the best shot of like coming out of this with a real happy ending. Nice. Well, mainly because Lindsay likes the cocaine a little too much. Speaking Dustin of Diamond which, had a happy ending. <clears throat> oh, but so, it really uh, wasn't. We want to move on to Lohan. Yeah, it's 2005. She does Herbie fully loaded. It's about her boobs. Yeah, pretty much. While she was fully loaded. Yeah, they uh, had to digitally reduce her breast size by two cups for the final cut to make it more family friendly. Yeah, and there was talk that she was even starting to come off the rails during the filming of Herbie. Oh, there, yeah. there was. There was a little bit of... Um, There's little... a lot of diva stuff going on, on on set, from what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. So And showing up late, people wondered if she'd been out drinking, but Disney was able to keep a lid on her at this point. Well, and it wasn't until this. She does a movie called Georgia Rule, and she played opposite Jane Fonda. It's 2006, and uh, she gets hospitalized, and her rep says that she was overheated and dehydrated, uh, more than likely from a breakup with Harry Morton, who is the heir to the Hard Rock Cafe Kingdom. Uh, so, you know, broke up with him, then got overheated and exhausted, uh, though studio exec James G. Robinson called out Lohan, called her irresponsible and unprofessional, and said, various late arrivals and absences from the set... We are well aware that your ongoing all-night heavy partying is a real reason for your so-called exhaustion. Yeah, and responsible and, and, and unprofessional, see? And he actually had the audacity, whatever you want to call it, to <clears throat> take a full-page ad out in Variety magazine writing that letter to Lindsay Lohan, what? throwing her, you know, just, you know, expressing his displeasure of how she was acting on set, like, to all of Hollywood. <laughs> by all By all means, let's keep it professional. Yeah. Well, if she's not listening, I mean, you got to do it some way. Well, yep. and that's the thing is, if her people were able to keep a lid on it when it started mm -hmm. a little bit, where it was just rumors mm -hmm. a year earlier in Herbie, and now she's gone so far that like she's derailing the project she's involved in. Yeah. And that... he, I don't think he wants <clears throat> her people to be able to sweep it under the rug anymore. 
Yeah, well, and, that's, and that actually comes to a head in the same year in uh, 2007. They do a movie called Poor Things, and she gets a DUI, loses the role, and winds up in rehab. Uh, two weeks out of rehab, she's arrested a second time on charges of possession of cocaine, driving under the influence, and driving with a suspended license. And then, Well, that one, I think, came about because she uh, hit a paparazzi. Well, and luckily it was Herbie, so she wasn't actually driving. That was her defense. <laughs> that was that was actually pretty funny. I, I like that. Was, yeah, Herbie was all coked up. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was chasing after uh, Dune Buggy. Um, though in a moment of clarity, Lohan makes a statement. It is clear to me that my life has become completely unmanageable because I am addicted to alcohol and drugs. Yep. Yeah. And then goes back into rehab. Gets out of rehab, gets arrested in November, and spends 84 minutes behind bars. Yeah, and people wow. were pissed. Because at this point, it's like, okay, this girl is fucking up and using her money and her Hollywood connections to have none of the consequences and obviously not uh, learning from it. Yeah, the uh, the sheriff that arrested her said that the reason that they took her out was that she had no real uh, violent crimes, and she wasn't violent, and they were running out of room. It's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> you can't put me in there. There's not enough room. Oh, you're right. Go home. Gotta try Finish that. Finish the movie first. It's 84 minutes long. Oh, no. Yeah, 84 minutes. But uh, she keeps losing out on more moving movie deals, including... This is a weird one out of the whole stack. Oscar Wilde's A Woman of No Importance. I don't, that's unusual that they would cast her in an Oscar, a movie based on an Oscar Wilde story, but, and then... No, there, there was a lot of talk going on, despite all her, I mean, this was back when her problems were first starting, there was a lot of talk going on how she was the, an, an up-and-comer, going to be a great actress, and all this kind of stuff, and really expecting, you know, big things for her, like, going to be the next Meryl Streep kind of thing, and as she's derailing, there are still people that are still trying to champion her and get her into roles that they think she deserves and things like that. And this is re- this really is a time before she has really just proven to everybody, even her supporters, that she is completely off the rails. So they're still trying to get her into some good movies. Yeah, well, she gets denied that one and another role in a movie called The Edge of Love because insurance reasons. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, she has completely <laughs> torpedoed a couple of movies at this point, so they're like... You know, the, the amount of money it would take to in, insure a movie she's in, it, it's too much. So, like, after this period, and the tabloids really turn on her. Like, yeah. uh, it starts going from, like, she's in trouble, she's endangering herself, not learning from it, costing people a lot of money, to, like, attacks based on her looks, et cetera, et cetera. And she starts coming out of it a little bit showing a sense of humor about herself. Like she does a lot of TV spots mm-hmm. where she's playing parodies of herself. So she, even, her she even hosted, she even hosted Saturday night live at one yep. point, in the middle of all that. And, and did a bunch of skits, you know, about her party ways and everything. There was that insurance company commercial where it's like, uh, you want insurance for you, not someone like you. And yep. she shows up as somebody's mom and like crashes the car. Huh? Funny. Yep. She, she did a for E Entertainment. She goes topless for a mud cleanse in a of a in a volcano. That was not forget in, Playboy. Oh yeah, she did that too. Yeah, she starts getting um, more and more free with nudity. 
Uh, yeah, and then uh, a mere two days ago. Yeah, yeah. Just just as it seems like she might be turning it around, poking fun at herself. Yeah, yeah. she uh, attacked somebody in Costa Rica. A racial attack. Uh, Lindsay Lohan and her younger sister Allie are in the V bar. And um, wait, New York holidaying in Costa Rica. Oh no, she was. She attacked somebody in a bar, and then she went to Costa Rica. <laughs> well, that's what you do. So she uh, basically attacked a guy, attacked him racially. I don't know how you would do that. Well, the bartender was a guy who was not African-American, but was African from Africa. And, like, she flips out at him. She gets pissed and starts screaming at him about how he's got no business to be in New York. This is New York. Go back to Africa. Wow. Yeah, it, she, her quote was, you should go back to Ghana or wherever you're from. And she's like coked up and then she's uh, saying all these things and uh, putting on a fake African accent. I'm kind of impressed she knows that, that Ghana is a country in Africa. She's doing better than 50% of the uh, students in the United States. No shit. Yeah. So they they leave, decide to come back because obviously in this condition we should go back and tell him more. <laughs> get get uh, surprised that they're not allowed back in and start banging on the windows and then one of her friends goes in to confront the bartender and then uh, it's basically a shit show yeah. I mean it's a, bu- a bunch of drunk idiots basically you know yeah. and Dustin Diamond shows up and gives her a knife <laughs> this is how you do it yeah, and it's it's a mess because that's the thing is she was starting to turn it around. Last year was pretty good for her career. She started filming for a film called The Shadow Within. Uh, she's she was on West End London. She was on stage for a while. Uh, she has been she has been relegated in the last five years or whatever to making some just god awful stuff. Oh yes, like what yeah. was that movie she made where she had the twin? Uh, that's I know who parent. That's a parent. Yeah, trap. yeah. Oh, yeah, that I know old. who killed me. Oh, that movie was. I thought that was the parent all trap. Kinds of I just knew it was a movie with her with a twin. I watched the wrong. I shouldn't have let the girls watch that. <laughs> I shouldn't let anybody watch that. Yeah, right. But we'll see. I mean, she's one that like if she can handle her success and stop coking herself up and drinking too much and getting into trouble she's got a chance bathroom all the time yeah that's why i should i I gotta move to hollywood start hanging out with bars that she goes to to hang out in the bathroom there's a life plan for you (laughs) and pat dies of crabs kid ew (laughs) strangely contracted from dustin diamond (laughs) Yeah, that was weird. I don't know how that out of the park. Right? He, aimed even know. The star, he, he aimed for the stars and landed among the trash. And landed among the diamonds. Amazing. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I so feel... So beyond uh, Corey Haim, that guy that uh, Pat hates? <laughs> yeah. So um, after the break... He continued to work with Corey Haim in independent films, including a sequel to Dream a Little Dream. Uh, which, like I said before, Dream a Little Dream 2, this time there's a pair of sunglasses that if you wear them, you can control someone else's mind. Sounds classic. Then he uh, directed his first film, a slapstick comedy called Busted, with Corey Haim in the leading role. Looks classic. And um, that was the last film they did together. After, then Corey Haim died 
in 2010 and Pat would did was not sad at all. Um, nope, he deserved it. So in <laughs> 2003, yeah. he uh, did his first stint on a celebrity-driven reality series, The Surreal Life, on the WB and on the yeah. show. Exactly. He publicly publicly married Susie Sprague, and the ceremony was co-officiated by a rabbi and MC Hammer. <laughs> because why not? Because uh, TV. In October 2009, the couple split. They went through a five-year divorce um, trying to do the thing with custody, and it was just messy. Um, in 2005, he made a stage debut to a positively reviewed off-Broadway play of uh, Fatal Attraction, which... Um, he played a character named Michael Douglas, so it was like a... Yeah, it looks like Fatal Attraction, A Greek Tragedy, which was retelling the 1987 film as though it were a classic Greek play. And apparently it did, you know, was, huh. was seemed to do well. And then I'd I remember that. in 2007 when he came out with a show called The Two Corys with him and him and, and Haim um, on A&E, and I watched, actually watched some of the first season, and... Um, it actually made it to a second season um, before Haim died, and uh, it was kind of the last thing they did together outside of the, the movie Busted. Um, in 2008, they released Lost Boys The Tribe, a sequel to the 1987 <laughs> film, where he came back playing Edgar Frog, and nobody really cared. Oh, this was so terrible. I've, I... I've heard, I'm not a fan of the first one, so I did never see what? the second or the third one. What? Wait, you're not a fan of Lost Boys? Yeah, I'd rather watch Near Dark. Before. Yeah, I told him he's wrong. I like yeah. Near Dark. And to be fair, it is an okay vampire movie that is saved by an amazing soundtrack. Oh yeah, that, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't deny that. But it's just so much fun to watch. And yeah. and a lot of just uh, sentimentality too. Sure. Oh yeah. And grandpa. And grandpa. And grandpa. Yeah, so, I, I saw the tribe, and it's a, it's a TNA flick. Oh, yeah, it's like a Skinamax yeah, late night. It, yeah, it's like a late night Skinamax uh, vampire flick, but with the Frog Brothers. No, well, I mean one of the Frog Brothers, but he's in an ashtray. Yeah. Ashram. Um, in two thousand five, speaking of Michael Jackson and the ties with two of our celebrities this week. Uh, Feldman was also subpoenaed to testify against eh, subpoenaed, uh against Michael Jackson. <laughs> I was hoping we would. <laughs> you could not. Uh, anyway, no, I, I couldn't know. ignore it. I know. And initially, when they first came to him, and this I left this out, but he um, it, it gave him kind of a moment to kind of reflect on it and decide whether something really did happen. And it wasn't until 2013 when he finally denied that. Anything had happened saying he was not that guy and that the biggest thing that, that Michael Jackson had really done to any of the kids was becoming friends with them and then just abandoning them when he got bored, which uh, yeah, I could see that, you know. Um, yeah. And that's the thing is it's it, he talked about having uh, a past where he was molested as a child and having Hollywood connections and everyone saw that he was close to Michael Jackson and they jumped to the conclusion. So he had to go on record saying, yeah, I was molested, but it wasn't by him. And you guys and he, need to stop saying that. And, and you still look at, like, and we'll talk about the movie I just saw. He's still carrying that look around. I mean, it's like he can't let go of that bad era Michael Jackson. Um, so in 2012, he joined the British television show Dancing on Ice with American pair skater Brooke Castile. And he was eliminated in the fourth week of the show. Wow. <laughs> 
2013, he released his first memoir called Choreography, which uh, I, I thought was kind of funny. And I agree with you now. It is kind of clever, I guess. It uh, details his early life as a child actor all the way up until the death of his best friend, Corey Haim, and discusses his struggles with addiction and Hollywood pedophilia. In 2015, he and his girlfriend, Courtney, appeared in season four, episode 11 of Celebrity Wife Swap, <laughs> which he swapped wives with Tommy Davidson. Do y'all remember Tommy Davidson? Yeah. Yeah. And nobody noticed. Um, he went on to release two more albums uh, after former child know, actor. I got the worst of it there. Out of the two wives. <laughs> Depends on what they look like. Um, Technology Analogy, which is quite possibly the worst album title ever. And then uh, there's one that was supposed to be released in 2015. I have not had a chance to check to see if it actually came out. But I recommend when you get a chance... Like I said, go look up the video. I think it's called, it's something to do with Millennium um, for the Corey, Corey Haim or Corey Feldman love movement and watch the video. The dude, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's just something you have to see. So in reality, he's consistently been working. I mean, if you go to his, his uh, IMDb page, I mean, he's got films every year up until even this year. He's still making movies that are, that are happening. But, um, when I watched the movie last night that I decided to partake called the zombie King, he played a guy in it called Cal Fu. Now Cal Fu is supposed to be the badass ultimate demon that can raise the dead and just hell on earth. So it's an hour and 36 minutes. It's an hour and 20 minutes in. And he finally shows up. Edward Furlong, who has a giant uh, pendant around his neck that looks like Flava Flav's clock, summons him to bring his dead wife back. So here comes Corey Feldman with something that looks like leeches on his face, dressed out like Michael Jackson, and with his voice modulated, talking about how he's, you know, who do you want me to bring back from the dead? There's consequences. You know, he sounds like a pirate or whatever. And he was in that for like five minutes, and, and that was it. So... I mean, he's, I guess, working and doing what he wants to do, but I don't know. It's not he, good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess in retrospect, he went down the same path as Corey Haim, but Corey Haim never came back. And Feldman has kind of re- recovered from his addiction and, and is kind of doing his own thing, even though it's weird and not very enjoyable. At least well, he's he, happy. Yeah. And he's, there's been a lot of articles from people who have gone to parties at Feldman's house and they are just these weird, sad affairs where he's had, uh, these models who are paid to be there and, uh, look weirded out. Uh, he's launching this brand called Corey's Angels. I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, there's a music video for a song he did called Duh. It is messed up. If you get a chance, check it out on YouTube. Um, It is really, really awkward. And it appears that he's totally unhinged. For you guys, for uh, after we're done, oh, I, I will post the video. I found the one I was talking about. It's called it's called Ascension Millennium, and I'm gonna put a link it in the chat so you Wait, guys can watch it later. Duh? But there's those models in it that you're talking about. Yeah, he's got his uh, like fetish angels in all of his stuff right now. But the song is neither catchy, nor is it good, nor is it. It's just it's just bad. 
Yeah, it's that. Just... Yeah, it's worse than Crispin Glover's clowny clown clown. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? Say it quite a bit. I like Crispin Hellion Glover's album. I have oh. it. Uh, yeah, you'll have to see because in Duh, he actually breaks into another uh, horrifying Michael Jackson impersonation. Oh God! Uh, and has these dead-eyed models uh, dancing in angel costumes around him while he raps. All right, hang on. I'm going to take my chances with with YouTube well, here. It's very much like the one that I'm talking about, where he's got like the half gloves and Sean Astin's in it, and a bunch Google of some other celebrities too. Yeah, hang on. Let's see where this goes. Which one are you playing? Oh no! It actually is a video. Is it Ascension Millennium? <laughs> or is it Duh? It's Duh. Doesn't have enough hits to have a commercial tied to it. He only plays with his instruments, and he has about eighteen instruments, and I don't know which one he's using at what time, and he's usually just tweeting from all eighteen of them. You know, sometimes I'm just trying to get work done, and it's like I feel like she doesn't even understand me. It drives me crazy. He looks like uh, Charlie Sheen in this. No sex for two weeks. Really, really great really. Hey! Hey, guys. All right, this sounds like it's going to be interesting since the angels just showed up. Um, It's kind of like a twisted version of Macaulay Culkin. He's kind of doing what he wanted to, what he wants to do. He's basically what we thought Macaulay Culkin was. Right. Yeah, pretty much. He's doing what he wants to do, but he's completely insane. Well... And I give him credit because he's kind of well, <laughs> like using, the Gary Busey model, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, pants. Um, uh, Crispin Glover, as an example, Crispin Glover is doing the same thing. He does the occasional big Hollywood movie so he can fund his little weird projects, his art projects, and do what he really loves to do. But he does it to the point where it's legitimately that he actually is that guy. That's who he is. He's 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 an artist. Corey Feldman, I think, is just be gone past that and off the bridge and doesn't know who he is anymore. Yeah, but I think if you compare the two, Crispin Glover actually has more talent. Oh, well, yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I, I don't disagree. He, he at least has you know, a, a, a ability to act, an ability to produce something that Corey doesn't. I mean, it's, he's just going for the shock value on it. You know, like, look at, look at how crazy I am. Like we said, well, we were expecting... Uh, um, Macaulay Culkin to be he has actually become well and how many people want to would rather work with Crispin Glover than to apparently work with Corey Feldman because they're all weirded out by him and ironically that you should say that uh, Crispin Glover was in Friday 13th part 3 Corey Feldman was in Friday 13th part 4 <gasps> coincidence I think so <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Corey Feldman. He's yeah. a train wreck, but you know what? He's not like drugged out and he could be a lot worse. Yeah. He could be Lindsay Lohan. And he's not a douche like fucking Dustin Diamond. <laughs> Good point. We did pick very four very different distinct personalities. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I'm I, I like I like the mix on this one because we've got one one full on train wreck, one crazy train wreck. You know, we've got one just uh, chicken in the douche, <laughs> <laughs> and one that may be coming. Uh, yeah, come back. Uh, yeah, yeah, one that may have been unfairly labeled a train wreck. Yeah, so it's just, well, no, I'm not a train wreck. I just been playing World of Warcraft. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's somehow different. Did, yeah, did you know you can get to level 100 now? Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that about wraps that up. Hey, Josh, 
Next week, hey, Mike. what do we got on, on tap? Okay, so once per calendar year we do this. I don't want to say annually because we'll, we'll get some crap from somebody because uh, we tend to do these about every eight months, but only once per calendar year. We're going to do our annual, I hesitate to use the term, Billboard Top 10 Then and Now show. We're going to be looking at, uh, it was 1982, we said? 84. 84. Yes, 1984 with, with such hits as Hello by Lionel Richie and Ghostbusters by... Uh, not, not by Lionel Richie. Not by Lionel Richie. Ray and, and we will be comparing that to the hot uh, top ten pop songs of now, which are apparently almost entirely Bieber. Yep, so. and uh, songs such as Hello. Yes. No. <laughs> and <laughs> Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> See, now, that's Adele's funny. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. If we if we waited if we waited on did eighty four and waited for the new Ghostbusters to come out would we have a Hello and a Ghostbusters on the top ten again? Yes, <laughs> it would also be sung by Adele. Let's just be slow. She would ask I, who you are going to call when your heart is broken. Ghostbusters. I was going right, to call Lionel Richie. Are we? So right. if uh, you'd like to listen to our old shows, including the first part of this series, The uh, Child Stars, you can always find our archives on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe. Soon you'll find us on Google Podcasts, and you can always find us at our home of the web at www.40go14.com. And if uh, you want to talk about one of the Child Stars you think we maybe should have talked about maybe you think someone was a bigger hot mess than the four we talked about give us a call it's a 708 now wrap 708-669-9727 yep don't forget they can't be dead that's That's another show stipulation don't call us out on somebody that's dead yes we will be doing a show with the 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 various child stars who were train wrecks and then died might maybe in the train wreck i don't know (laughs) it's a work in progress well we'll figure it out we'll fix it in post but there will be death, so I'll be happy. And Pat will be in the park Saturday at midnight. If anyone is interested, just look him up on Grinder. Woohoo! Just look up Pat's penis. Yeah, I think that's a big old good night right there. <laughs> you have a new message from D Diamond One Twenty Eight. Good night, Jared. Now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. I took my son Ben to McDonald's with his first order club, and I said, well, my first order is going to be a hamburger, and my second order is going to be a soda. Zing. (laughs)